Well, happy Easter, everyone. I want to say hello to those of you in this room and those of you joining us online. So glad that you're here today. Our scripture reading this morning comes from Mark, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 16, where we read this. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I have uh, been reading some interesting information about how billionaires are building bunkers. Have you read about this? You can Google it. Quite fascinating. Some of these bunkers, um, underground bunkers, um, they're really on the rise. Many, many are being sold. Some of them are like 13,000 square feet. Um, some of them include swimming pools, shooting ranges, bowling alleys, movie theaters, um, underground bunkers of sorts, and uh, they are basically on the rise. Very interesting. That is like one way to hope. <laughs> you know, if you uh, read about these, there's one of the builders of these bunkers had like an unforgettable quote where he, he basically said the gist of it was like, the time to buy a bunker is not when you need it. Don't procrastinate. Like you, you need to buy a bunker before you actually need it. And uh, so if COVID, he went on to say, like, if COVID has taught us anything, it is that um, life is fragile. It's unpredictable. And uh, anything can change, and you never know what will happen. So go buy the bunker, you know, was the builder's kind of two cents on that. Very interesting. Uh, it's one kind of hope, right? Hope in my own resources. Hope in my own ingenuity, my own engineering, my own ability to plan for the future, hope in my ability to take care of myself no matter what may come. It's one kind of hope. I saw another picture, and it stayed with me. This is a picture of a group of women in Duma, Syria. That is like one of the most hellish places on earth right now. And they rolled out a carpet right in the middle of the war-torn rubble of their neighborhood, and they brought what little they had to spread out a feast of love for those who had less. That's another kind of hope. And of course, it's Easter, so everybody knows we're going to talk about hope. But truth is, there are different ways to hope. There are a couple different kinds of hope. There's a hope that you create and you control. 
And then there's a hope that comes from outside of you and all that you do or don't do. One hope is based in your ability to kind of outsmart everybody, you know, have enough resources, have enough intelligence, have enough network connections. Like if things all go to pot, hey, you've got your bunker. It's one way to hope. But there's another hope that can only be entered through a door called humility, can only be entered like a child. And it isn't dependent on anything you do or don't do. It's not about your resources. It's not about your engineering, planning ahead, outsmarting everybody. You know, in our scripture passage for today, it's in the darkness on the third day after the rabbi's execution has taken place that we see three women kind of checking their bags before they set out to the tomb. And they're saying to themselves on the way, like, who will roll away the stone? See, there's like this obstacle to their goal. They want to go in and give Jesus, like, the proper burial that he was not afforded because his death came right at the start of Sabbath. And they've been following him, and they love him, and they want to do this one last good and right thing in this world, in this universe, to gone totally awry, gone totally wrong, gone totally away from God. They want to do this like one, one right and good and beautiful thing. And so they go, but, you know, on the way they're saying to themselves, like, who will roll away the stone? There's this obstacle. The 12 were hiding in a locked room with the other disciples for fear that they would be found out for following Jesus, and maybe they would have the same thing done to them that was done to him. In purely human terms, like at this moment, the story of the would-be Messiah Jesus is over. Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee, his movement has come to a brutal end. Like for the Roman government, Jesus as a rising leader has been like squashed. He is now like a minor statistic and a whole legacy of people who tried to lead yet another Jewish revolution. But Rome won. Like they crucified him. They shut him up. They've preserved the peace in Palestine. All is well. Jesus has been publicly and cruelly killed. And his disciples, they vanish. They're afraid. They don't want a similar fate. And all the people who want to kind of keep the status quo are happy right now because this movement's leader has been buried. But we know what looks like death on Good Friday is just like a little seed being planted. It is a seed that is going to burst up out of the earth like the beginning of the cosmic new creation a new and living hope. And so the, the women, they're, they're coming to the tomb and they're thinking about this, right? They're thinking about what is looming large in their mind is like, how are we going to get past the stone? That's the big obstacle. It's the insurmountable thing between them and their task. The women know they don't have enough strength 
they're not going to be able to budge this great big stone blocking the entrance to the tomb. So as they walk, they're saying this to themselves. In fact, would you just say these words with me out loud? Who will roll the stone for us? Do you ever feel that way? Who will roll the stone for us? There's this thing, but there's this obstacle. Who will roll the stone for us? That's what they're saying. And it's interesting because the gospel story, like what, that we just read, it says that the women looked up. And when you look at that little phrase, looked up, in the original language, it actually is like they looked again. Sort of like we say they did a double take. It's like they got there and they looked, and sure enough, there it is, just as we predicted, the stone. There's no way we're going to move that. And, th and then they look again. No, 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 wait, wait, it's gone. It's gone. They looked again. They did a double take. And the gospel writer Mark, he's actually been like preparing us for this idea of needing to do a double take. It's almost like the theme of the Gospel of Mark in several different places is this idea of like bifocal vision, you know, bifocals. Like you look down and you see one thing and then you look up and you see something different. So there's a couple of instances where Mark says that Jesus came and healed a blind man. And in those instances, it's like a double take. It's like I couldn't see, I looked down, I couldn't see, and I looked up and I could see. It's like bifocal. First, I, first I, I looked and there was the stone, but I looked again and the stone was gone. And Christian hope gives us the ability to see as God sees. It's what we just sang about a moment ago. Hope gives us the ability to see as God sees. It's like we gain a bifocal vision. We do not just see what is here. We also see what is there, what is to come. It's like when we look with the eyes of the world, all we see are the obstacles. All we see is the stone. All we see is pandemics and racism and mass shootings problems but when we look with the eyes of faith it's like a different picture comes into focus it's not to ignore the present reality but we can see this and we can see something else we can look down and see this we can look out and see something else this is the nature of christian hope and the women at the tomb had it what we see is that god has already removed the obstacle that they couldn't remove in their own power. They couldn't do it in their own strength. They couldn't do it with their own smarts. They didn't have any engineering plan to remove that stone. It had to be removed from the outside. It had to come from outside of them. And, you know, really the resurrection in the large narrative of the story of the scriptures the resurrection is not the end of the story. Like, really, the resurrection is just like the first shockwave in the new creation. The resurrection tells us that there is still a day coming when all that is wrong will be made right. 
when all that is unjust will be made right. And so this double take is what we see the women do in the Easter story. They're blocked by an obstacle. They have no chance of removing it on their own. They ask one another who's going to roll away the stone. But then they look again with the eyes of faith, and what they realize is it's actually already long gone. Like it's already been resolved. It's already been rolled away. The, the word there, looked again, it's in the present tense. So what that means is it's already long been removed. And so they look again, and they see the world as God sees it. So the question for you and I is kind of like, what are the stones in your life that need to be rolled away? Like, what are the insurmountable obstacles before you right now? Like, maybe it's a relationship with someone that just, oh, it's gotten so estranged or silent or strained or sideways. Maybe it's a relationship, and it's like this insurmountable obstacle. How could that ever, how could that stone ever move? Or maybe it's like an addiction or a destructive cycle, and it's like in your own power, you, you, you actually have no ability to overcome it because you've tried every single way. Or maybe for you, it's like just complete and total despair and overwhelm with the state of the world. Like maybe you are just like, how in the world ever will systematic racism or, or like a, a future variant or pandemic something or, or you know, mass shootings, all these social things. This is like insurmountable. It's like such a huge stone. The question for you and I is like, what, what's the stone? And if we rely on our own might, on our own abilities, on our own wisdom, the stone in your way will be more than you can face. The story of Easter tells us that God can remove obstacles in your way. But when we have the courage to admit, yeah, actually, I have no ability here. Like, all my resources are exhausted we begin to enter through a door of humility that allows God to come in. I don't have the power to remove this obstacle. And so I turn it over to God. And so then when I roll up my sleeves to do the necessary work in anything that involves change, I'm not doing it with sort of an anxious presence. I'm doing it from a surrendered state, right? I look down and I see it, but I look up and I see what God sees. And I see that because of the resurrection, a shockwave has started and it all will be made right. And I get to participate in that now. If Jesus were here right now, like on earth, in the same way he was then, I don't think he'd be building a bunker. I think he'd prepare a love feast on a carpet in the middle of our bombed-out world. I think he would spread out a table 
right in the middle of the mess that is our world and our families and our lives. He would invite everybody to come to that. To come and to be nourished by hope and not a hope of our own making and our own engineering, but a hope who has a name. A hope who lived and by his life showed us how to live. A hope who died and in his death showed us what like surrender to love looks like. A hope who rose again and in rising set forth this cosmic shockwave throughout the whole earth. This new creation that's just like bursting up, bursting forth. And when I meditate on this image, when I just sort of like study it and, and look at it and dwell upon it, something that stands out to me right now for our moment is this. That which is shareable is bearable. I'm going to say that again. That which is shareable is bearable. The thing I love, one of the things I love so very much about Jesus is that he shared in our suffering. And when we share our lives with one another around tables, face to face, in the middle of the rubble, in the midst of the blown out places of our lives, that which is shareable becomes somehow bearable. Like we remember right there on the carpet with all the rubble and the stones and the blown up street, we remember right there, yeah, actually we're not alone. God is here. And we are here. And we are here together. And if Jesus were, you know, somewhere, I think it, it might be somewhere that looked like that. Right, right in the midst. Easter reminds us that our hope has a name, his name is Jesus, and he longs for you and I to join him in this love feast. It's a feast found right there in the midst of all that we're facing, and one day we're going to have a feast again, and it's going to be a fully restored feast, perfect and just and good and beautiful, where the new heavens and the new earth unite. So may we embrace him and live in him and surrender to him today and every single day. And may we go forth from this Easter inviting others in. Onto that carpet of love. Right in the middle of this world. Because Jesus Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that wherever we are, there you are too. That there is no place that you're wooing and pursuing and drawing of us does not have. That there is no place so far that we can escape your love. We could go as far as the east is from the west, but, but wherever we go, you're there. And may you help us to see that. Help us. Help us to see with the bifocal vision. 
not just looking down, but also looking out at, at all that you've done, at all that you're doing, and all that you will do on that day that finally comes. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray. And everybody everywhere said, Amen. Amen. <coughs>